Witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your high priestess for this evening. And tonight we have a very special guest. We want to welcome onto the show Renee, Renee Gregory from the Satanic Temple. Hi, Renee. Hello. It's nice to welcome. meet you. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We have 8 million questions for you, um, going from very deep things to very simple things like, do you eat babies? But the most important question that we have, what are you drinking? I am drinking some Better Off Dead red wine Ooh, from Bevmo. All right. So plug for the local uh, liquor store. Absolutely. I think I'm going to have to be taking a trip over to Bevmo to try that um, after we get off the phone. Need my weekend drinking supplies, right? Um, I am drinking sangria that I just made. Um, we still have the ever famous box of wine, <clears throat> box of wine in the house that Ricky had got as a joke. And I've gotten creative with it and started making sangria. Um, I actually had a friend of ours over the other night for like a goodbye drink, Eliza, she moved to San Diego. So we were hanging out and funny story, almost killed her. Didn't know she was allergic to mangoes and I loaded up. Oh my, oh, wow. I am drinking my normal Bailey's, my go-to drink. Your Bailey's, oh. are you hitting it the out? The bottle. Getting the end of the bottle here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cheers, cheers to all of you. Cheers. Cheers. So we wanted to talk to you, Renee, today because um, it actually started, we did, we have an a episode called Ask Estrega, where listeners write in with stories and ask questions. And one of them actually mentioned that during her quest to kind of try and find the belief system that works for her, that she actually um, was a Satanist for a little bit. Now, I don't know if that meant that she was a member of the Satanic Temple or the Satanic Church or where exactly she found that, um, but it brought up just an interesting point that a lot of people really don't know that much about Satanism, and I feel like it's a very misunderstood practice. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, a lot of people, they, they tend to think that we're into devil worship and like you mentioned, be eating babies or uh, torturing children to get their adrenochromes so that we can somehow get high or live longer or something like that. And none of those things are true. Right. So, and it's not something where like, so <clears throat> a normal Satanist doesn't eat babies for dinner or like sacrifice animals and have pet goat. I mean, having a pet goat would be pretty awesome, but that doesn't tend to be like the normal requirements, right? That is correct. <laughs> So, you know, say the name Satan, Satanist has the bad connotation, just like the word witch. And I feel like that's kind of never going to go away in our lifetime because of the bad connotation it brings about. Right. That's true. And for us in the Satanic Temple, we embrace that. We embrace the fact that uh, there is that negative connotation to the name because when people get to know us, when people learn about us, that, that helps break that kind of, it creates a cognitive dissonance for them, right? Because they're thinking that we've got to be bad people. We've got to be horrible because that's Satan. And then when they learn that, no, for us, Satan is a symbol and, and it has really good positive qualities. 
then that kind of makes them think, wait a minute, what, what have I been believing all this time? You know, so we embrace that. We, we enjoy that, that little bit of, you know, people may not like it, but it helps them later on when they explore learning more about Satanism. This is absolutely true. So on that, like you made a really interesting point that um, in Satanism, you believe in Satan more as a symbol. Yes, absolutely. So we see Satan as the symbol of, he's, he's like the eternal rebel against a arbitrary authority. Um, he's also an icon for the heretic who questions, you know, the sacred laws and, and tyrannical impositions and things of that nature. And that's very fund, fund, the fundamental to us as Satanists that we don't want to be told how to live our lives just by arbitrary whims or because of some sacred doctrine that other people believe. We, we want to think for ourselves. We want to act in accord with our own authentic nature while respecting the, the freedoms and autonomy of others to do likewise. And I think so, so it really, it comes down to like holding sacred free will and the right to live your life how you choose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing, so, so could you tell me um, what is the difference then? Because I feel like a lot of times, and I'm sure you get it too, when people find out that you're a witch, they automatically assume you're a devil worshiper. And I'm assuming, especially with Satanism, you say, I'm a Satanist. They're like, so you're a devil worshiper. And you have to say no. So what, what is that difference there that sets Satanism apart from this idea of devil worship? Um, so, okay, so this is a really interesting question because there are different types of Satanists and just okay. like there are different types of witches, right? Right. Um, there are two primary categories of Satanists, theistic or spiritual Satanists and non-theistic Satanists. Now, the spiritual theistic Satanists do believe in a supernatural entity that they call Satan. And that's all I can tell you about them because I'm not one of them. I'm a non-theistic Satanist. Um, so Anton LaVey's Church of Satan is a non-theistic religion, uh, satanic religion, and the Satanic Temple, which is not related to, uh, the, uh, to the Church of Satan. We're a separate organization completely, um, but we are also a non-theistic uh, form of Satanism. Um, now, I don't really talk much about Church of Satan other than to point out that we're both in that non-theistic camp. So if people do become exposed to the Church of Satan, they'll understand that, oh, this is, this is a group that doesn't actually believe in supernatural entities, just like we don't believe in supernatural entities at the Satanic Temple. Right. So, so, so we don't believe in the devil because that's a supernatural entity. And so we definitely do not worship the devil. I would say, um, you know, some people in, in the temple might say that they worship themselves. Um, I don't even go that far. I don't worship anyone or anything. Um, there's a saying, no gods, no masters. And that is my personal view as well. Um, I, I can believe in loving others. I can believe in adoring people, you know, like, oh, they're so adorable. But to actually like submit myself to worshiping another, I just can't. That is not part of my psychological makeup. I can't do that. So the idea of worshiping a devil is just completely antithetical 
to who I am as a person, and it's antithetical to the satanic temple as a whole. Right. I think that's, a, and that I think in itself is a really important thing to point out. And even <clears throat> as a witch, when people have asked me like, so you worship Satan or this or that, and I have to explain like a lot of witches, I can't speak for all witches, but I can say a lot of witches don't even believe in a devil. They don't believe in Satan. And then you even have people that work with Lucifer, who we have to remember isn't Satan. There was somebody else named Lucifer first, and he is the Roman god of light, and he is someone that's even prevalent in Strega. Hmm. So, but yeah. yeah, it's I think that's something that it's important to kind of point out because I feel like that's going to be the main question, one of the main questions that all three of us and the people listening are going to constantly have to explain is no, I do not worship the devil let me explain this to you real quick and that's that's a really big one that i think um if we could even just kind of combat that idea for the general public i always tell people like most witches instead will be worshiping a tree or hugging a tree before they would be worshiping satan right <laughs> yeah i mean you know it to me i don't think anybody really sets out to be evil or devoted to the concept of evil or the worship of the evil people can become waylaid throughout their lives to become evil right. um and and if you ask them they probably don't think they are evil i mean uh adolf hitler was really evil but if you were to ask him i don't think he would have thought he was evil he probably thought he was doing the right thing mm -hmm. um you know I, so i don't i think that it's kind of weird for anybody to think that somebody would just i'm gonna worship this entity that's supposedly the god of evil or whatever um, but, but to the point you were making earlier, I mean, typically when I let people know that I'm a Satanist, the first thing I tell them is, you know, I'm a Satanist with the satanic temple. We do not worship the devil. That's like the first thing I say, because I want them to be aware and comfortable. And, um, we are, we are currently wrapping up a charity program that we're doing with an Episcopalian church in San Bernardino, uh, where we did a food drive and we've collected, I don't have the final numbers, but the last time we did a drop, we dropped over uh, $1,500 worth of food to the church so that they could distribute it to the homeless. And while I was there, they had somebody, a pastor that was visiting, and he uh, was interested in what we were doing. And he was trying to see if maybe we could uh, help out with some of the um, the ICE people that are that had been detained, but have been released, and they don't really have anywhere to go and anything. And so I gave him my card and I said, yeah, by the way, um, I'm a Satanist. We do not worship the devil. And he's like, oh, no, I know about the Satanic Temple. You guys are cool. Oh, how I was cool. like, sweet, you know. Wow. So, yeah, I find it to be like uh, an education. People are not educated on the subject. And that's the big, biggest problem uh, with witches and Satanists as well. I think a lack of education, but I also think there's also uh, being ingrained with these beliefs that, yes. oh, anybody who calls themselves a Satanist is evil and they worship the devil. And you've, if you've been raised with that your entire life, it's really yes. hard to get past that. Yeah, it is true. So true. Even for us witches, it is true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was raised, um, I went to a private school for a while and it was a Lutheran private school. And I think my first time with like really questioning religion and where I fit in was actually in second grade. Um, we had to do kind of like, we had like a Bible study every Wednesday. And so the teacher was kind of telling us like reasons that you go to hell. 
And she was basically saying that you go to hell if you don't believe in God and Jesus and you don't love them. And I was like, okay. I'm like, but what about like really nice people? Like, what if you're like really, really nice, but you don't love Jesus? She's like, then you're going to hell. And in my two-year-old brain or my second grade brain, that didn't make sense to me. And I'm like, but what if a murderer like loves Jesus, but he's a murderer? She's like, well, then Jesus is going to forgive him. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't like this. Exactly. Um, and so that's kind of where that started. Um, but at least for me, I, I'm a member of the Satanic Temple. Um, I am a baby goat. I don't nice. like, I haven't had time to like really participate in too much. And I'm hoping that will change. But I've seen what the temple actively does with all the charities. I've seen the seven tenets and all these things. And I think it's really beautiful. I think it's really wonderful. Um, but before all of that, when I was in high school, I worked at a witchcraft store and I was one of like the retail clerks and we had a whole section on um, satanic everything. We had a lot of um, Anton LaVey stuff, a lot of Baphomet statues, things like that. And I was in high school, still kind of questioning <clears throat> my spirituality, but I knew I was supposed to disagree with Satanism. Satanism was bad. It wasn't for me. I hated it. The people that went there were supposed to that section of the store is supposed to be bad. Um, but then I was like, well, I should read some of this. So if I'm supposed to disagree with this, I should actually understand what I'm disagreeing with. Exactly. And I had this huge teenage identity crisis around it because I started reading the satanic Bible and I'm like, I agree with a lot of this stuff. It was very self-empowering. Mm -hmm. And that kind of got me thinking, and this was like, had to have been within like the first 40 or 50 pages. And I was like, wait a minute, I think there's a lot more to this. And I think I've had this wrong the whole time. And it started yeah. to really get me thinking about it. And I think the one thing that still um, stands out to me, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically it said like the Satan, a Satanist doesn't pray because basically in the time that you're praying and kind of asking God or some other entity to, to do your work for you, you could like, you know, get off your ass and just get it done. And I just really loved that. And I'm like, exactly. And so that's what kind of got me on learning about a lot of it's very much so about self-empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly, you ripped the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and so, that's a powerful thing to be self-empowered and, and also to take responsibility for your own actions rather than blaming it on some yeah. super, supernatural entity. Yeah. And that's something that we do um, encourage and teach a lot within witchcraft, at least when we teach our classes and we talk. Um, it's very easy to blame you know, the gods or Mercury retrograde or any of those things for the clusterfuck that is life or your poor life choices. And don't get me wrong, I blame Mercury retrograde a lot. I love that crutch, but I am aware that that's all it really is. Yeah. Uh, but it, it really isn't. So I feel like there is like a really good kind of cross here with some of the principles that are taught from the satanic temple and from Satanism in general in compared to witchcraft, there are some beliefs that really kind of hold there because I do think with magic, a lot of it is understanding that you have to come to a point where you're spiritually aware enough to take accountability for your own life and your own actions. Absolutely, yeah. Um, my question, my, one of my first questions for you about some of this though is how did you find um, the satanic temple in Satanism? Sure, so um, I was born into a Catholic household and weren't we all weren't we all <laughs> okay. 
And at an early age, I really questioned everything. I think the, the first memory I have of questioning was when I was told that we needed to fear God. And I'm like, why should I fear something that supposedly loves me? And that right there was the, the first step on a lifelong journey of questioning um, everything that I was taught in terms of religion. And of course, that resulted in my parents uh, ultimately forcing me to go to parochial schools, Catholic schools. Um, and then my high school was actually a military academy. It was a all boys military academy boarding school. And I loved the military stuff. I actually went into the service afterwards for 10 years. But uh, the biggest thing was they were trying to be it was pre-seminary. They were trying to teach us everything you would learn in seminary. So the idea there was that they wanted to turn us into chaplains in the military. Mm. Um, and that, that actually empowered me because I learned a lot. You learn about the development of Christianity. You learn about the development of a lot of the beliefs that are held and everything. And as I learned all that, I began to realize just what a load of bullshit that whole thing was. Um, and so by the time I left high school, I was an atheist. Um, and as I, as I grew up, I, I studied, I did study a little bit about Wicca and witchcraft. Um, not, not like I wasn't a practicing witch or anything like that, but I had friends who were involved. So um, some would do rune readings. Um, I had learned how to read tarot back when I was like 13. My mom had gotten me a deck for Christmas, and I love the tarot cards. Um, but I don't do it for fortune telling. I just do it as a creative endeavor, like for storytelling and that kind of thing, or to help me with problems that maybe I just can't quite get my head around something, and so I want to get a different perspective. So I love to read the tarot cards, and I have bunches of different, different card sets because each set speaks to me differently. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also studied Buddhism that I actually practiced. I practiced Zen Buddhism for a number of years. Uh, but the one thing that kind of got on my nerves was there was always this tendency towards the supernatural. And I'm not a super a fan of the supernatural. I'm, I'm far more into uh, na na the natural world as opposed to the supernatural. Um, but in time, I did come across the Church of Satan. Uh, my sister's ex-husband was a member of the Church of Satan. And he was like, dude, you should be a Satanist. You really know your satanic stuff. I mean, I had been on the left-hand path for a long time. And he was like, you've read all the works of Aleister Crowley. You read the tarot. You're into pentagrams. You've read all this you know, literature from uh, like Milton's Paradise Lost and stuff from Percy Shelley and Lord Byron and Anatole France and all these people who wrote all this stuff about Satan, you really should be one of us. And I was like, that's a great idea, but you have two things that I have difficulty with. One is this belief that might makes right. I disagree with that fundamentally. And two, they do believe in supernatural magic. And so for me, that was, that was difficult for me to, those two things were difficult for me to overcome. Um, so I, I pretty much stayed on the atheist path. Um, I was a member of, the, uh, of one athe uh, atheist organization here in Southern California. And then I actually formed 
with a few people in another atheist organization as well, the Riverside Atheists and Freethinkers. Um, a wonderful group of atheists, by the way. But as I was part of that, I began to realize that there were no guiding principles behind what we were doing. It was just, we don't believe in a God and that's it. And different people were getting into different cliques about what their principles were. And that became difficult for me. And as that was going on, the satanic temple was starting to come onto my radar just because of making news and stuff like that. And when I learned about the tenants, the seven tenants, I went, this is so me. I mean, they, they just put in words who I am at my core. And that's when I, I went to my wife and I said, hey, um, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna freak you out. And she's like, what's that? And I said, I decided to become a member of the satanic temple. And she looked at me and she's like, well, it's about time. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean it's about time? And she laughed and she was like, dude, I've seen you going down that path ever since we got married. You know, wow. it just was a matter of time. Mm. So yeah, it was, it was kind of predictable. <laughs> I love yeah. that. So you mentioned the seven tenets and that was something that I really wanted to talk about because I feel I, when, when I first started learning about the satanic temple and then I found the seven tenets, I was like, this is where it's at. Like this, yes. Like it's just, it's a, if nothing else, even if like you kind of walk away from this episode and you're like, satanic temple isn't for me, that's fine. But these seven tenets are a really beautiful guideline to keep in mind for your own moral compass. Absolutely. Uh, and could we talk about that a little bit and kind of break down what are they and what do they mean? Oh yeah, I love talking about the tenants. Uh, we, we have tenant talks all the time in our chapter um, because they're so much fun to discuss and, and to try and look at the world from different perspectives and see, well, how would the tenants apply in those cases? Um, but to the point I wanna really underscore is these are guidelines, they are not commandments. And so it's not a question of you have to follow the tenants it's that they align with who you are as a person. And so you do follow them naturally, whether they're written down or not, um, but they're guidelines. They're not meant to be, they're, they're meant to be interpreted by the individual, uh, not to be, you know, thou shalt or thou shalt not. Mm -hmm. So um, the first tenant, and, and the way I like to think about this is there are seven tenants and if you, there's a guy named Ryan Clark out of Toronto. And he actually was the one who shared this idea with me and I just love it so much. So I got to give him props for this. But he, he said, think of the tenants, like imagine a pentagram. Okay, so you've got the five pointed star, the alignment doesn't really matter, but you've got the five pointed star and it's encircled. And he said, all right, the first tenant, that's the heart of the pentagram. That's that pentagon in the middle that everything else hinges on. And that's our first tenet. Our first tenet says, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. So, you know, when you were talking about torturing animals or something, and, and I mentioned, you know, you know, child abuse and stuff, we don't do that. That's like really not our thing at all. Uh, we want to have compassion and empathy for others. And, you know, sometimes there's a time and a place where you can or cannot, and that's where the within reason part comes from. 
And we do all make mistakes. So that's why we say we strive to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so okay. we've got we've got a lot of vegans in, in the satanic temple and they strive to do all the right things, but sometimes they can't help it. You know, um, if I'm someone sorry. serves them a dish and they don't realize that there was, you know, some uh, animal byproduct in that dish, they can't help that, you know, so it's got to be within reason and, and it's just something you strive to do. Um, and then the next five tenants really kind of think of as the, they expand out from that. They're the, 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 the points of the star, if you will, that are expanding out from that first tenant. So our second tenant is uh, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit, which should prevail over laws and institutions, right? We want fairness, we want equanimity. And if our laws or our institutions are not being fair, or they're, um, you know, keeping out people just because of race or religion or something, we should overcome that. We should find a way to make things more equitable for everyone. Um, our third tenet, which is really important to a lot of people, is one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. You know, so, hey, hands off and no means no. And this is my body and I will make the decisions for it. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people uh, who have um, reproductive organs in them for making babies and they, they wanna get uh, like a phlebotomy or something like that. And they'll, their doctor will say to them, well, you might, you, I'm not gonna do this for you because you might wanna get married someday and have children. It's like, no, this is my body. If I choose to do that, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's kind of crazy that people think that they can make that decision for others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, our fourth tenant kind of follows suit with that. We say the freedoms of others. I'm going to repeat that. The freedoms of others are to be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. And that's really important to us. And I, I repeated that first part because a lot of people, they, they brush over that and they just hear the freedom to offend. Yeah, I can offend. I can be an asshole. No, that's not what that's saying. It's saying we're respecting the freedoms of others, including their freedom to offend. Mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a Satanist. People are going to be offended by that and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, right. you're witches. People are going to be offended by that and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. But they should respect you and you should respect them nonetheless. Exactly. Um, our fifth tenant is uh, beliefs should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. And one should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit their beliefs. All right, so that's, that's where that one kind of hit me pretty hard when I was younger because yeah, science-based worldview, that's what I'm all about. I believe in methodological naturalism. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the supernatural. Um, that's not to say that the supernatural doesn't exist. I just don't believe it does because I have no evidence for it. And that's a big part of being scientific is having evidence, having the ability to test your explanations and find the best explanations so that you can use those explanations to be consistent in helping others. Um, and, and so, you know, it's an expression of compassion and empathy as well in my mind. 
um, the sixth tenant has to do with personal responsibility. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, they should do their best to rectify it and resolve any harm it may have caused. You know, hey, I made a mistake. It's not about whether you forgive me or not. It's about what I do to rectify and resolve it. You know, um, we all make mistakes. Some people are not, they're never going to forgive you. But did you do your best to try and fix it? That's really what it comes down to. Okay. And, and then the final tenant is really that circle that encircles all of this. It encompasses it all. And it's the spirit, really, of what our, our religion and our tenants are all about, uh, that every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire a sense of nobility in action and thought the spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. And that's, that's true to me. You know, I want to act noble. I want to have compassion and wisdom and justice flowing out from me into the world to make the world a better place for others. And again, that ties back in with that first tenant that's at the heart of it all, the compassion. So... That's really what the ten seven tenets are all about. Mm -hmm. I think that they're they're really like I said, like even if you walk away from this and you're like, yeah, you know, TSD isn't my bag. Like, check out the seven tenets, guys, and like sit on that for a minute. Because, like I said, if nothing else, I think that there's something really good to kind of incorporate into your moral compass. Um, and don't you find some of our stuff that we also yeah. believe in is very similar to what you just said. So in our path as well. Yeah. I wanted to like point that out because when I first found the, the seven tenets, the first one, we have um, what we call the laws of the covenant. And um, one of them essentially says the same thing. Like it doesn't say strive to act with compassion to all living creatures, but basically it says the exact same thing within reason. And it really goes to the same thing. A lot of people think, yeah, which is eat babies and torture animals but again a lot of us are vegans or vegetarians you have to do and it, it doesn't always work that way maybe you do eat meat and that's fine you know but you've right. done what you can within reason um i'm a vegetarian but i i i'm sorry cheese is just delicious i could never go vegan i've tried i can't do it i'm a bad person without cheese you don't want to see me go there but like you'd have to do it within reason and you, and you strive for it which is the thing strive right for that because people are fallible we're humans and making mistakes and fucking up it's part of the human experience you Absolutely. Know? so you just strive strive to do your best um so i i you've brought up the fact that like within the satanic temple that you don't believe in supernatural entities uh, i feel like up until this point a lot of our listeners are probably listening being like this sounds pretty cool but as witches uh, not all but a a lot of them, we, we tend to believe in supernatural entities. With that said, can witches join the satanic temple? Right. So um, in Southern California, the, the Southern California chapter of the satanic temple, we have what we consider to be three tiers of membership that we recognize. Um, the first tier is somebody that goes out to the satanictemple.com and there's a join us link and you can click that and you can become a member and you just fill out your email address and your name and some basic information. And then you hit submit and you get a monthly newsletter 
and they've got your your information in like a little registry so that they can send you out that newsletter letter every month. And uh, you can also, uh, for $25, you can purchase a uh, membership card. It's like a credit card. It's, it's a nice hard plastic piece you can carry in, uh, around with you and stuff that's got your information. And it also comes with a really nice certificate. Um, there's different certificates. You can pick the one you like best. And same thing with the cards. You can pick the one that looks best for you. And you can have those and carry them around and stuff and hang the certificate up on your wall. And you're, you're, that's a tier one member. Um, they're not really involved necessarily with the chapters. Uh, they can go out to our virtual headquarters or they can go out to the Satanic Temple TV and check that out. Um, but they're not, they're not really in the, in, the, in the chapter so much. Uh, the second tier is where you would fit in where you do fit in, I should say, uh, as a baby goat. Um, tier two members are people that are Satan affiliated or aligned, and maybe they want to learn more. So they come out to, they find a chapter near them, or we have these things called friends of groups as well. Uh, friend of group is really just, it's a group of people that are trying to become a chapter but they have to demonstrate to the satanic temple that yes, we're committed to becoming a chapter. We're really serious about this. And so they go into a trial period and then eventually they become, they can become a chapter. Um, so you join either a friends of group or you join a chapter for us in, in Southern California. What you do is you join one of our Facebook groups or we've got bunches of them actually. We've got one for the chapter and then our chapter is broken out into five divisions. So each division has a group as well. And uh, you can join those. And that gives you the ability to communicate with other Satanists. Um, you can learn what we're about. We can, we, we do Zoom meetings where we post those meetings in those uh, groups so that people can join and you can do that and you can learn more. Um, you may realize at the end of the day that, hey, I'm a witch. I'm a member of TSD because I signed up online and I'm here as a tier two member but I have these beliefs in the supernatural and the satanic temple doesn't. So you, you can just stay there in tier two as an, as an ally of the satanic temple, learning as much as you want and in interacting with us as much as you want at that level. And then there's tier three. Now tier three is invitation only. And that's usually uh, our division leaders will recommend you to the chapter leadership. I'm a member of the chapter leadership. There's three people in chapter leadership. Our, um, our main chapter head, his name is Omen Cerberus. Then the co-chapter head, Regina Dentata. And then I'm the media liaison, Rene Grigori. Uh, so the three of us are, are, are responsible for running the chapter. Technically, they run the chapter. I'm just the, the mouthpiece. Um, but we all do our, you know, we do our share of the work. And so we decide, okay, we want to invite this person to become a tier three member. And when you become a tier three member, you now can uh, sit on committees that are in our chapter. You'll be allowed to join. There's a, there's a Facebook group that's only available for chapter members. And you can, not just our chapter, but all the chapters within TST, uh, you can become, you can get on that. And so you can interact with other chapter members. You also can be invited to our, um, our more 
private rituals that we perform. Um, and when we do public rituals or semi-private rituals where we allow tier two members to attend, uh, usually we'll have like ritual kits that we'll sell so people can have all the stuff they need for whatever that ritual is. And you would get dibs as a tier three member on getting the kit before anybody else does. Um, so those are kind of the perks of being a tier three member, but to the point that you made earlier, you, you, we do not believe in the supernatural. So that's kind of a stumbling block for any witches that want to become a, a tier three member. Um, but there are elements of how you look at ritual, how you talk about magic and things like that, that if they are metaphors for you, if, if you're, I, I'm just going to use an example. Don't, don't, Get upset if I'm using the wrong goddess or anything, but like if you're if somebody worships Inanna, but they really don't worship Inanna, they just use her as a metaphor for how they how they focus their life, right. and they they realize that hey, you know, I'm I'm not really believing there's a supernatural entity, and I I see her as a symbol just like I see Satan as a symbol, then that person's not being supernatural at that point. I mean, they may have other supernatural beliefs, but I'm just picking this one case. Um, if they look at their belief system and they say, well, I don't really see the supernatural, I'm using metaphor and hyperbole and symbolism, then that person might actually potentially be invited to be a tier three member because they, they don't actually have the supernatural beliefs. Right. So you mentioned, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, like, I'm happy being a tier two member. Um, I feel really involved where, where I can be. Um, I joined, like, I think right before COVID. And so sure. I know that like pre-quarantine, there's like, you know, meetups and all sorts of stuff. And hopefully one day we'll get back to that. But um, I can be as involved as I can be. And there's lots of really cool things. Like I see like weekly like Zoom things, just kind of and meet people. There's also, you can be involved in all of the charities and all the really wonderful things too. So that's really rewarding. Um, but you mentioned rituals. Mm -hmm. So um, with that said, and seeing where there's not, where to be a tier three member. So basically up till two, tier two, there could be people like me that are somewhere in the middle where they do believe in the supernatural, but they also believe in a lot of the things that makes them like, you know, Satan, Satan adjacent. Sure. Um, but I do see that there is um, an element of witchcraft maybe there like with rituals and stuff. So what, does the TST practice witchcraft in some way? No, we don't, um, but we do have rituals. And so a lot of people are confused by that. Um, the idea for us about rituals is, and, and depending on who you talk to, uh, you get different slight answers, but they all kind of resolve in, um, think about every day when you wake up and you go and you brush your teeth. That's a ritual. Um, when somebody has a birthday party, most birthday parties universally around the planet, people show up with gifts. There's games and festivities. There's some food and celebration. There's maybe the opening of the gifts. And then people leave with party favors or something. That's pretty universal, but it's a ritual that we do all the time. Uh, and there's nothing supernatural about those. Um, but you can get really creative with rituals. Okay, so for example, um, let's say somebody, uh, they, they were in a relationship and they got really hurt by that relationship. We might suggest doing a healing ritual 
Now, the ritual itself is not supernatural. It's, it's a matter of taking the time to, to walk through and say, okay, um, what's important to me about who I am as a person? And, and how do I overcome this using the ritual? So for example, let's say um, you were in a marriage and it ended in an ugly divorce. Part of the healing ritual might be to take your wedding ring and rather than throw it away and get angry, you take that wedding ring and you use the symbols of earth, air, fire, and water to reconsecrate that to yourself and your future moving forward past the marriage that you, you've left. And so we'll put a lot of thought and we, we, we really do uh, like it when people try to craft their own rituals because there's, there's an element of putting yourself into it. Uh, it's a creative endeavor. It's cathartic in many cases. Um, we do also do destruction rituals, right? When you, you've got real lot of angst and anger and you just want to release it, but you don't want to hurt anyone. You just want to, oh, I can't stand that person. I'm going to burn a picture of them and destroy it because, oh, they make me so angry inside. But you don't hurt that person. You're just destroying a picture, you know, which is nothing. Uh, but it helps you cathartically to get past that. Um, so we use rituals in a variety of different ways. We have, um, I just mentioned two, destruction and healing. We have black masses we do. We have unbaptisms we do. And when I say black mass, a lot of people think that's a perversion of the Catholic Church's mass. Not really. Uh, it, it, is, it is very blasphemous in many ways. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details of how we, pers how we do it in Southern California. Uh, but it can be viewed as blasphemous, but we're doing it for ourselves. We're not doing it to piss off anybody. Um, our members have had religious backgrounds that they really are happy to be away from. And so it's a celebration of breaking that, that old religious indoctrination and telling it to go take a flying leap. Right. So, so a religious person in that religion would be like, oh, that's blasphemy. But to us, it's, it's just a release. It's a catharsis. Um, we also have rituals around our holidays. Um, we just had Lupercalia was a recent holiday that we had. And now we've got Hexana coming up. Um, so we do, we do have rituals for those as well. Um, so there's, yeah. But our rituals aren't intended to be supernatural. They are meant to be transformative for the people that take part in them. And um, there was a woman, or is a woman, uh, Lilith Starr, she wrote a wonderful book called The Happy Satanist. And I highly recommend it to anybody that is interested in learning more about the Satanic Temple. And it's, it's really her journey to Satanism. But she has a section on rituals and magic. And she, she talks about the fact that she's science-based, but she believes in magic. And the way, she recon the way she reconciles that is to say, well, magic is really just a word that re really means transformation. And so when you do something that transforms you fundamentally in an emotional, psychological way, that's magical. You know, and, and the whole universe, I mean, there's so many things we don't know about it. So to us, that mystery, uh, that grandeur, I mean, it is magical without having to be supernatural magical, it's, it's still magical. It's wonderful. And um, so, you know, we like to incorporate, incorporate those things into our rituals as well. 
it sounds like while there isn't the belief of magic in its supernatural sense it does look like there still is that similarity kind of of what some witches go to because at the end of i'm not going to speak for everyone even monica's going to give me the side eye and be like listen you know <laughs> all right um at the end of the day when you're doing a spell you're doing it because you're creating change mm -hmm. there's something within your life or within whatever you're doing the spell for their life that something needs to change you need to shift that energy um, and you even just kind of said, just like through when you were talking about like the healing ritual about using the elements to reconsecrate the wedding ring. So there are things that while the intent may not exactly be the same, mm -hmm. there's still a level of um, familiarity that you'll find for that. Um, and you just talked about Lupercalia um, and that that's one of the holidays that the Strega celebrates. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's on our, our wheel of the year too. I'm a Lupercalia baby. I was born on Lupercalia. Oh. <laughs> Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so I, I through Lilith Star's book, then would that be a way if people wanted to learn a little bit more about the holidays and see how that compares to like the witches? They wouldn't learn about the holidays from that book. They would learn about her transformation uh, to becoming a Satanist okay. and her, her involvement with the Satanic Temple. She used to be the chapter head for the Seattle chapter of the Satanic Temple. Um, due to health reasons, she ended up stepping down. Um, but she's just a, an incredibly inspirational person. And her book is a very easy read. Um, she's a highly intelligent, highly educated person. But she wrote the book in a very just practical manner that anybody could read. Um, I, I would say anybody with a ninth grade education could read it very easily. It's not like Milton's Paradise Lost, where you have to have a PhD in literature in, in order just to get past the first paragraph, you know? Right. Where if people wanted to learn a little bit more about like the holidays to compare it to the Witch's Wheel of the Year, is there a place where they could go and kind of look at some of that? Yes. Um, the SatanicTemple.com has a lot of resources on it. And one of the things that it talks about is there's a place where you can go to look at our calendar of holidays. Um, there's also frequently asked questions there that people can check out. And I, I suggest they do because there's probably going to be a lot of questions that we're not going to cover today that they may have that will be in that, that FAQ. Um, they're pretty thorough about that. So, um, I, so one thing that I wanted to kind of touch on that I was really impressed by and excited about when I was learning about the satanic temple was all of the wonderful charities and all of the just like the really just bad ass stuff TST does. Um, I was looking at it and like the thing that really kind of caught my eye right off the bat was there was a drive called menstruation for Satan. Menstruating with Satan. Yeah. Menstruation with Satan. There we go. And it was a charity drive to bring like sanitary napkins and tampons and things like that to homeless women or homeless people that get their periods and I thought that was like just really awesome and I think that general uneducated view of a Satanist that people have and then you see like you're like wait a minute like Satanists are doing nice things what yeah but it seems to be from my observation like a very big part of what TST is all about Absolutely. I mean, that's how you, that's how we uh, live our, our, our belief system. Uh, you know, how, how can you be compassionate and empathetic in the world if you're not helping others, you know, in some fashion? 
Um, you know, and we do things like we'll do trash pickup. Uh, different satanic chapters have, uh, you know, done trash pick, pick up on the side of the roads, or um, they'll do the beaches. Uh, we've done some beach cleanups ourselves here in Southern California before, before the plague hit. Um, even with the plague going, we've had our, um, our Devil's Food Pantry, which I talked about earlier, where we, we're collaborating with a, a Christian church, <laughs> uh, which a lot of people think, oh, you're a Satanist, you should hate Christians. No, we love people. We may not like Christianity as a religion, but we love people and we're willing to collaborate. Um, but the biggest problem we do run into, I think, and this is all over uh, TST, is when you go out to try and help people. And so you, you go out and you're like, hey, we'd like to help out with this. And usually you got to collaborate with some organization that's doing good you know, charity work and stuff. And uh, we had a case here in Southern California where we collaborated with a group up in the high desert and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you help us. Uh, we collected a ton of clothing and stuff. I think it was around $3,000 worth of clothing and stuff for the homeless and, and toiletries and whatnot. And uh, when we went to deliver it, they said, oh, well, we got a grant from the government for X amount of dollars and we don't want to do business with a satanic organization <laughs> anymore. And so we were stuck with all this stuff. And fortunately, uh, the person who was helping us coordinate this, uh, who is a member, uh, they were a, they they had inroads to a bunch of different charities, and they were able to actually get that that stuff disseminated to the homeless just the same. But it was so heartbreaking for them to say that to us at the last minute. And there are many organizations that we knock on their door and say we'd love to help you. We're the Satanic Temple, and they're like, "See, no way. Doors doors closed." It's that word. It's that word that's going to haunt us for the rest of our days. Witch and Satan. How do you? Sure. Yeah, and it, it's frustrating. Um, I, I can't say, like, I feel very lucky. I'm very fortunate that um, I'm, I'm very public about being a witch. It's, it's everything about me from, you know, just like my hobbies to my, my spiritual belief system to even my career. Like, this is just, this is everything that there is. So for being as public with it as I am, I don't get a ton of pushback which is awesome. And I know that that's not always the case. I've had, I've had some people not talk to me or give me the side eye, but all things considered, it's been pretty well received. Um, but I know that's not the norm. And I know it's hard to deal with whether it's a lot of times I think it's just very disappointing or, or sad that you're being perceived off of just a word, you know, right. yes. um, but sometimes it's like, it's even kind of infuriating, you know, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, so one thing that while you were talking, it dawned on me. Um, we, we were talking about how we do the Zoom meetings and stuff online because of COVID. And uh, an interesting thing is a lot of us have formed really solid relationships in those meetings. And we're so used to being around each other and talking about Satanism and being satanic and it doesn't dawn on us after a while that, oh yeah, no, actually the rest of the world hates us um, because we realize that we're good people and we're caring, loving people. Right. But the outside world just doesn't see it because that word is right there. So yes. when, when they, they slam that door in my face, 
I just smile and wish him a, a good day and I just move on because that's how I teach people, right? You're, you're, you don't like me because of a word, but I'm still going to be a nice person just the same. Mm -hmm. and, and when you go home that night from work or whatever, you might stop and think to yourself, wow, they were really nice for being a bunch of devil worshiping, baby eating monsters, you know, and it might, it might just put a seed in there somewhere, you know, it may not germinate for years to come, but it plants something. And, and that to me is really important to overcoming the stigma. Yes. Yes. It's really funny. Cause that was one of our very first episodes, the stigma. That was what our very first episode of this podcast was about the stigma. It's yeah. a hard one. It's a hard one. And it's funny. I love the way you call this the plague because that's what I call it as well. I call it the same word. Just thought that was fun. Thank you for that. Oh, no worries. Uh, you got to have fun with things in life. Um, in Satanic Temple, we believe in having fun. And, you know, oh, yeah. uh, the devil is considered an imp in some ways. And imps are, you know, practical jokers and stuff like that. And we love that. You know, we love to have fun. Um, we're serious about being compassionate and empathetic towards others, but you know, you gotta, you gotta smile every once in a while and have a good day and, and try to make this day as happy. You gotta be able to have fun. You can't, it's important to know when to be serious, but it's also important to remember to not take yourself too seriously. What's the point of living life if that's what it's all about? Exactly. You, know, you gotta, you gotta be able to have some of that fun. Um, is there anything when it comes to like the rituals that you guys do and like you know we've talked about the seven tenants and we've talked about these things but is there anything um within your practice and tradition that you might be able to share um for our listeners that they might be able to implement into their own lives or their own practice and kind of like sit with it and see how they feel um I'm just trying to think because uh, one of the things that we recently did here in Southern California, and this is not universal to the Satanic Temple at all, um, but what we did was I actually hosted a series of three uh, training sessions on Satanic Tenant Meditation. Um, and where it, what it was for is for people who have never meditated before in their life and they don't know anything about meditation and they want to learn and they want to learn to use it with the, say, the, the seven tenets of our religion. Uh, and so what I taught was, you know, you start by calming your mind, right? So you find your sacred place. Uh, I've got a zabuton and a futon behind me that I sit on. That's my sacred space for meditating only. Um, my dogs sleep on it all the time, but that's their sacred place for sleeping when they're in the office with me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, so you find that place, you find the right time that works for you on a daily basis. And I, I, I caution them, don't pick an hour time because, you know, times change. Pick a time like after dinner or before bed or after you wake up in the morning um, and use, uh, use a, what we call, uh, there's, there's uh, mindful meditation, right? Where you're just calming your mind. Uh, some people use breathing for that. Um, I taught them to use music. Uh, so if you play Baroque music and Largo, it's a really nice smooth. And in fact, they recommend that for studying to have that really quietly playing in the background. It helps to calm your mind, um, but use that. 
uh, maybe use the metronome or use your breathing if you get to that point. Just do it for five minutes just to calm your mind before you start the work of meditating. And then sit in that dark moment for a moment because to me, darkness is like the key to everything. Everything comes out of the dark. Um, we were born, we were in a dark place and we came out, right? Um, our ideas oftentimes are generated just from not thinking about anything, which is a form of darkness in my, my way of thinking. And so just sit in that darkness for a brief moment and then start to visualize a glowing orb of light. And it, the light is whatever color you feel represents the tenant to you. And, and you just let that light expand and that orb grow. And as it's growing, you're kind of using a mantra. So we, we have words that represent the tenants, right? So maybe for the first tenant, uh, I'm just saying the words compassion and empathy over and over. Compassion, empathy, compassion, empathy. Or maybe for um, the uh, seventh tenant, which is really the spirit of our, our, our belief system. So I might just say, uh, you know, nobility or spirit or, you know, there's different words you can use that you can align with that color. And you just, you're expanding that color and letting it envelop everything. And you're just trying to feel in tune with that tenant. And then once you're, once you're really in a good solid place, then you, you stop for a moment and you just contemplate, uh, you know, how have I been using this tenant in the past? How can I use it in the future? You know, what does this tenant mean to me? And you're really contemplating it for a few minutes. And, and usually I use like online timers to tell me when to do each part. Um, but then once you're done with that part, then you just let the light kind of dissolve into the darkness again, because it always it came out of the darkness, it's returning to the darkness, and that darkness permeates everything. And then you just slowly come out of it. And then as you go through your day, you have that tenant in the back of your mind. Uh, when you see that color, it might remind you of it. Uh, when you hear certain words, it'll remind you of that tenant. So it becomes a focal point throughout your day as part of that meditative process. So your meditation extends beyond just that moment that you're there sitting and doing the, the meditation. Um, so I know uh, I, got, I got some of those ideas actually from a witch, uh, Lee DeAngelis. I don't know if you guys know who she is. Um, she wrote a book called Witchcraft. But some of those ideas were in her book. Um, and she, I think she's Australian. Um, but some of those ideas were there, and I, I, I did borrow a little bit from that, and I took inspiration from others. Um, there's a wonderful Satanist named Damien uh, Bale, who wrote a, uh, a book called The Satanic Narratives, where he describes, uh, he used to be a chapter uh, lead in the Satanic Temple, but he left to start his own uh, belief system. Uh, satanic belief system, but the book is really fantastic, and he wrote a companion to it that has a bunch of meditation techniques that are very similar to what I use. So I kind of hobbled things together to make my own meditative practice, but then I trained others to do it as well. And I think for witches, I believe most witches do some form of meditation. Uh, and if they don't, that's a great way to connect with your, your, your inner spirit and um, part of your craft, I would imagine. Uh, to be able to focus your mind and, and really kind of create an altar in your own mind, so to speak. 
I love that. That actually, and it's, it's, I, I don't know about you, Monica, but like, I feel like I have a lot of people when I recommend meditation, they're like, I can't, I can't yes. too hard. Um, mm -hmm. I relate to that when I first started trying to meditate, that idea of clearing your mind to nothingness actually um, was like panic attack inducing almost. Um, but with what you said, it, I feel like that's something because it doesn't try and leave you completely abandoned in your head. It gives you a focal point. Yeah. Well, so uh, I did. I used to do martial arts. I lived in Japan for a while while I was in the military and I did martial arts over there. And I had a wonderful sensei and we were talking about meditation. He said, think of meditation like this. You take a jar of water and you fill it with some silt and you shake it up. Right. And you got all this swirling, silty stuff going on. Now put the jar down on a table and just let it sit for a while. And what happens is the silt settles to the bottom and the water becomes clear. And that's what that meditation is supposed to do. It's supposed to help you just calm yourself down and clear your mind. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be causing anxiety. It's just <laughs> sitting down quietly and just relaxing, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's wonderful. And I, I do think that's something that our listeners will be able to put into their practice too. And so thank you for sharing that. I think that's really cool. Um, if you had to like, if you could, could you try and just sum up like what your path is and um, what the TST is for you, basically? Mm -hmm. um, could you try and, and like, what would you say to an average person that might want to know about it or is coming at you with an uneducated point of view? Like, what could you kind of like leave us with for that? Yeah, so I kind of said this a little bit way at the beginning of this discussion, but to me, um, a big important aspect of the path is uh, being open and accepting of your authentic self while respecting the freedoms and autonomy of others to do likewise. And mm -hmm. that really is at the, the core of it all. I mean, that's where the compassion and empathy, you gotta have compassion and empathy for yourself before you can even do it for others. And that, that to me is really where it's at. That's my, my 15 second elevator pitch. <laughs> I love it. Love it, I love it too, yes. I love it. Well, though, that kind of sums up everything that Monica and I had had thought about and wanted to ask. But Monica, do you do you have anything else that might be coming to mind? No, I just think you answered all of my questions, so I'm very happy with that. Yeah, I'm Thank glad you. to help. For our listeners that might want to check out a little bit more, interested and want to learn a little bit more about it, where can they go to get more information, to sign up, to find you or anyone else? Where can they go? Uh, so I would, I would suggest two places. The first place is thesatanictemple.com. It's all one word, thesatanictemple.com. Pretty okay. easy to remember. And right. then for our chapter, we just tack on uh, thesatanictemplesocal.com. Cool. So and that way, Southern California, SoCal. Uh, and they, they can come to our site. Uh, we've got some reference materials on our site. We've got a list of our divisions. So just for anybody who's listening and, and curious, um, I did allude to this earlier about there's the chapter and there's divisions. We cover a very large region, all of Southern California. So we have Ventura County as one division, LA County, Orange County, San Diego, and then the Inland Empire, which is San Bernardino and Riverside counties. 
Um, so those are the five divisions that we have. Um, each division is led by a triumvirate of rule of three because we are very democratic. And also our, our chapter is a triumvirate as well. Uh, and so on our page, if you live in, let's say LA County, you can go to the LA division and join there. Um, we also recommend joining the chapter when you join a division. Uh, you will have asked, you'll have questions that'll be asked of you. Um, you know, what does Satan mean to you? And, and, and a few other questions, just so that we can get a sense of, are you somebody that really should be here or not? I mean, if somebody comes to us and says, Satan is the Lord of darkness, and I believe in killing all the babies, you know, no, you're not getting <laughs> in, sorry. Um, but if they say, well, Satan's a symbol, you know, yeah, you're, you're pretty much in, right? right. Um, but it gets evaluated by the division leaders, and then they decide whether or not they want to invite you in. Um, and if you get in, great. You're welcome to the club, you know, and uh, we, we enjoy having the people that do join us. And we do right now during the time of COVID, once you've been accepted into your, the chapter that, or the division, I, I stand corrected, the division that you choose, um, you may want to explore joining all the other divisions because there's always a lot of cross things that are going on because we're online so much now. Right. So um, maybe there's a tenant talk going down in San Diego and you want to attend that. Well, you're not going to know about it unless you join their group. Um, but we all get along really well at the, at the leadership level and we all cross communicate very well. So, you know, uh, if, if somebody's being a problem, we're all going to be aware of it. But if people are being really good, we're going to all be aware of that too. And so if you're, if you're, you know, learning and growing and everything, then we welcome that. We love that. That's awesome. great. So we do have listeners that are kind of all over the country and even out of the country. We've got people in Europe and all sorts of places. Are there other, there are other chapters that people can join there in, are. in the U.S. that I know about, but how big is the TST? Yeah, we're big. Um, and in fact, there is a list on the satanictemple.com's website where you can go to find a chapter. So there's a, a link called join us. And if you click on that, it's a menu and there'll be find a chapter and you can see all the chapters. Um, we've got chap a chapter in England. We've got a couple chapters in Canada. Um, we have a new one that just started, but I don't know that I'm allowed to actually talk about it just yet. But we have one that, that just also oversees um, all of the states either have a full-on chapter or a friends of group there. Cool. And another thing that's really great, uh, there's a uh, thing called the virtual headquarters, tstvhq.com. And they're not always open, their website's always there, but they open up for, uh, currently they've been opening up for uh, holidays and they'll open up for like a week or you know, an, a set number of days so that people can come in and it's a virtual mansion and you can oh, wow. have different things happening in different rooms. Um, you know, you might have the satanic chef in the kitchen doing, you know, giving a streaming of how to cook some meal that, you know, is satanically inspired. And in another room, you might have somebody reading uh, some satanic poetry. Um, and then there are other rooms that maybe people are just in there just having like a chat 
you know, uh, video audio conferencing. Uh, those are usually kept to a minimum of people because of the bandwidth and everything, but uh, it's a great place for people who, especially if they can't be part of a friends of group or a chapter, they can go and they can uh, mingle with folks during our holidays. So uh, I gotta, I gotta promote them because I also happen to work for them. So that sounds really fun. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, it does cost money uh, because it costs money to run the servers that house the mansion and everything. And uh, we have to pay the people for the content that they provide. Right. So, um, but the prices are very reasonable. And oftentimes they'll end up like, you know, uh, near the end of the, the whatever it is they're doing, they might hand out uh, promotional codes or something just to get people to come and, and, and explore and learn. Uh, so it's a great way for people who are not connected to a chapter or a, or a friends of group to be able to still be part of the larger satanic community that, that is the satanic temple. That's awesome. I have one last question for you. Um, there is a documentary on Hulu, I believe, called Hail Satan. And yep. It's Hail Satan with a question mark. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. I felt like it was... Um, informative it led me to check out other things to learn a little bit more about the tst but is it something that you like for people that are curious would you say hey check this out it might give you some like food for thought like or like how serious should they take that with trying to form an opinion about like the representation of the tst it's a it's a great high level uh introduction <laughs> uh the ending is a little bit mm. meh because there is a, there's a lady in there, Jex Blackmore. Uh, and if you watch it, you'll, you know what I'm talking about, that there's, there's a falling out there. Right. And I think that was just to make it a little bit more, I mean, it really happened that, that is true history of in the satanic temple, but I think they added it or kept it in the documentary just, just because it, it spices Perfect. things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't get hung up on that kind of thing. I also wouldn't get hung up on, you know, uh, they show a lot of her stuff where she does a lot of um, visual arts performance stuff. Uh, we don't really do a whole lot of that. It just made the documentary look good. So uh, we don't, you know, back then they did have people kneeling and having milk poured over them because they were trying to send a message. And we really don't do a whole lot of that. I mean, there yeah. may be one-off cases, but it's not, that's not the focus of what we're about, really. Yeah. Um, the charitable works is definitely a big part of what we're about. And our, our, our satanic uh, influence and our tenants, that's a big part of who we are. I mean, we are an official religion. We're recognized by the United States government, uh, both by the IRS as a uh, religious organization and two federal court cases, uh, our religious uh, credentials were called into question and judges ruled in favor of us being a legitimate religion. Yeah. Because we don't worship a God, a lot of people think, well, that you can't be a religion unless you worship a God. And it's like, well, Buddhists don't worship gods. Jains don't worship gods. Taoists don't worship gods. Why should they be religions, but we can't be? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, but that's a really great introduction. 
I also highly recommend for people who really want to get to know the story of the Satanic Temple, uh, there's a book called Speak of the Devil by Joseph Laycock, and it's fantastic. And it really gets into the details about the Satanic Temple and its growth and how it, how it has come to be over the years. So, well, who was the author one more time? Joseph Laycock. L-A-Y-C-O-C-K, I believe. Okay. Thank you, because I'm going to check that out. Yeah, it's a fantastic, it, it's, it's an easy read, but he really digs into the history of the Satanic Temple. So, um, you know, the, the documentary is great. I think Penny Lane did a wonderful job, um, but Joseph's book really gets you into the weeds. Got you. Very cool. I, I really enjoyed the documentary, so I'll definitely check out the book. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Monica, you taught me this and you say it all the time. Knowledge is power. Study everything. Learn everything. Yes. Yeah. That's totally. my saying. That's my saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's something where, you know, I'm so excited that you were able to come and talk to us. And I thank you so much for that, because I feel like this has been very insightful for so many of our listeners that, you know, we have people from all ages that are, you know, stepping into their spirituality, figuring themselves out. And then, you know, on more than one occasion, we've even had high schoolers say, hey, like, I want to come out of the broom closet as a witch, but then everyone's going to call me a devil worshiper or a Satanist. Like, they've got a little bit of information now. They can arm themselves with a little bit more knowledge to combat that. Or maybe people are going to check out the TSD and, and see, like, if that's something that resonates with them. So sure. I really thank you a lot. Um, thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it for your knowledge. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of each episode, we like to just give a shout out to just whoever and just kind of say, hey, thank you. We're thinking about you. Uh, my shout out is to you and everyone at the TST SoCal. You guys are an amazing group of people. I've thoroughly enjoyed everything that I've been able to participate in uh, virtually. I love reading the articles um, and it just makes me so happy to see all of the wonderful things that you guys do, all of the charities and everything. And sometimes it's really nice, especially with 2020, which was just a giant shit show of a year. It was really cool to hop on Facebook I get some kind of cool announcement of what you guys were doing. It was kind of like faith and humanity restored once in a while. That was like my happy thought for the day. So thank you guys and shout out to you guys. Well, yeah, and I did all that. I did of that shout out and I have to add my daughter in there because she just had a birthday. So I just want to say shout out to Desiree for her birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Desiree. Yeah. And do you have any shout outs that you would like to give her name? Oh, I don't even know where the list begins, but I, I would shout out to the both of you. Thank you so much for having me. You are wonderful hostesses, and this has been wonderful. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go check out TST. Um, and like I said, if anything, just check out the seven tenets and sit with those for a minute because it's really awesome. Um, Renee, once again, thank you. I will probably be seeing you again soon. And until next time, marry me. Marry part and, and marry, marry me again. again. All right.